0: Under the cover of darkness, an unknown monster stalked its prey in Puerto Rico and throughout South Texas, leaving farm animals and house pets completely drained of their blood via two vampire-like puncture wounds in their necks. Witnesses reported sightings of a grotesque creature, sparking rumors that the true culprit was something much more sinister than any predator they had ever seen before. This week's episode is El Chupacabra.
1: Well, we took the cryptid quiz, and we both got <laughs> El Chupacabra, so... Yeah, we had to. <laughs> we had to pay tribute to what apparently we are on the inside. <laughs> That's what
0: we truly are. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I, you, know, we live in Texas. You hear the phrase Chupacabra. You, it's a bit. There's jokes all the time. But I've never really d- delved into the history of it. So I love when we... I mean, we learn something every time, but this is something that... The the backstory on a legend that is just part of Texas life that I just did not know that it uh I mean, I, I frankly too, I thought it went back a lot further. I'm I'm surprised Same. that you know, it's it was as recent as it was. It feels like we've always known the chupacabra.
1: <laughs> Doesn't it though? Yes, it's very <laughs> entrenched in Hispanic folklore and we'll get to it at the end. Many um festivals and even a national chupacabra awareness month. Oh
0: well, you got to be aware of them Mm -hmm. in order to, you know, protect yourself and your goats as well as peacocks. And we've learned it's it uh, does not discriminate. So thank you. I've never
1: heard of it attacking a person,
0: not yet. (laughs) Hopefully, never. You never know. I saw a next door on that best of next door Facebook group. Someone had was very convinced in Austin recently that they had seen a chupacabra.
1: Well, so they haven't stopped. They, yeah, the sightings have not stopped. And my theory holds true that they probably won't
0: with mm-hmm, when we get to
1: what I think.
0: They haven't launched off in their spaceship yet. <laughs> That's one theory, yes. <laughs> uh, well, we have some thank yous to get yes. to before we get rolling. Liz from Baker Baker Cookies, uh it's at Baker Baker Cookies on both Facebook and Instagram, sent us some very incredible, gorgeous sugar cookies with hand-drawn images on the front of sloths and cuteruses, which are cute uteruses, <laughs> and a little judge's gavel, and it said Heather and Paris with rings, and the best of all, I mean, in my opinion, at least. Oh, and did I say sloths? There were some sloths. There were several sloths. But the best of all was a hand-drawn artistic rendering of Blucifer's ABC.
1: <laughs> yes, with the I have quote, it on display. <laughs> what a powerful grundle on it. Yes. It is in, it says, on display. I've never seen
0: I've never seen such a powerful grundle. It's so photo it's like photorealistic painting. It's so <laughs> impressive. Nice. The
1: the cookies are amazing. Oh, also little pill bottles that say Audacity. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I, I don't think we realize how much we say certain words until mm-hmm. things like this get pointed out or like on the Patreon <laughs> Facebook group. They'll, you know, I think someone once was like, we should do a drinking game. And every time they say this. <laughs> so we don't even realize how often we must say the audacity of someone to think. <laughs> But they are beautiful. Ella immediately said I would like a sloth and she ate one of the sloths and nice. I I had one as well. They're not only are they just gorgeous, very delicious. Nice. So
0: yeah, thank I you Paris our, so much, Liz. Engagement ring. So he was, yeah, he was loving them. So thank you so much. Yes. Uh Baker. Yeah, it's Baker Baker Cookies. If you need, I guess you could do baby showers, engagement parties or a Grundle celebration cuz she's real yeah? good at
1: drawing those. Or a cryptid celebration. I Ooh, bet she could true. do a chupacabra and a yeti and a bigfoot and a Nessie. Oh. Nah, now I'm my mouth's watering. <laughs> that's the baby shower that well, I'm done. But we can throw that for you one day. That we'll put that in the plan. Okay. We'll put that in the plans. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. El chupacabra, derived from the Spanish words chupar, meaning to suck, and cabra, meaning goat, literally translates to goat sucker, a name given to the legendary beast for its affinity for biting the necks of goats and other livestock and draining them of their blood. Those that claim to have seen the creature initially described it as bipedal, standing between four and five feet tall, with huge glowing red eyes, long claws, and spikes running down its back, almost alien like according to the BBC
0: and this was another misconception I had of I envisioned the Texas style one which we'll
1: go into, but this is freaky looking yeah, it's really freaky there's Ooh. there's two different versions, apparently i I did not know either yeah it's uh this is not something you want to open your window and see no. The first reported sighting of the chupacabra can be traced back to Puerto Rico. It was there. In 1995, the Madeline Tolentino claims to have seen a terrifying creature while looking out her window. Soon, other residents began making unseemly finds. They were discovering their cats, dogs, cows, horses, turkeys, rabbits, and goats had been attacked and killed by some mysterious creature. More alarming was that their carcasses appeared to be completely drained of blood. When government officials suggested it may be wild monkeys, Jose Soto, mayor of Canavanis, where the incidents occurred, disagreed, saying, Monkeys don't suck blood. They don't steal organs. And well, I they believe-
0: could. They could. <laughs> That's right. You don't know every monkey Have you ever. seen Outbreak? That thing oh, yes. did a lot of damage. I've watched When Animals Attack and mm-hmm. Orangutan, or not oh, it was Orangutan, it yes. was chimpanzee, chimpanzee. Oh, yeah, attacks. yeah, 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 those Man, can be bad. heart-wrenching. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Jose Soto was up for re-election, so he kind of was able to hang his hat on he was
1: going to be the hero of the town. I'll vote for someone that goes out <laughs> there and makes it their mission to do away with the cryptid who's killing all the livestock. That's There's your no livelihood better as a yeah. rancher and a farmer.
0: That's true. That's true. And he that's it. It's like you're we're going to protect the working, you know, all the, the working voters here that are losing their poor turkeys. I mean, the list, it's
1: a it's a really long list of yeah. what it's into. In an effort to quell the fear of his constituents, Mayor Soto took matters into his own hands, leading search parties of vigilantes several times over the fall of 1995, according to the Associated Press. Soto called the outing a safari and led his group of around 200 into the underbrush of the El Yunque rainforest, taking with them a goat in a cage to be used as bait to lure out the creature. Although they didn't catch anything, the mayor boasted in the Washington Post that the safari worked, saying, Whatever it is, knows that we're after
0: it now. And if you look at the pattern where the most recent attacks have taken place, you'll see it hasn't
1: come back here.
0: This is a hero, Mayor.
1: Sometimes a safari doesn't mean that you're going to see what you set out to see. It just means (laughs) that you made someone your bitch. I mean, he. I do appreciate the positivity
0: of we put the goat in a cage for no reason. Or also, maybe don't do that. The poor goat didn't ask for that. But you come back empty-handed and go, you guys, th- we scared it off. Yes, So yeah. that's it was worth it. Exactly. Thanks, all 200 of you.
1: Also, He's, now let's let the
0: goat go. Yeah, let's free the goat and, and keep it in the barn so that yeah. the chupacabra doesn't come
1: back. Mm-hmm. But if the safari worked, it wouldn't come back. So you could let the goat roam free. There you go. A local veterinarian in Puerto Rico told the Miami Herald that he had personally treated animals who had been attacked.
0: In each case, the cause of death were two deep puncture wounds under the right side of the neck. The wounds extended into the animal's brains, killing them instantly. The wounds were about the diameter of a drinking straw and three to four inches in length. They weren't compatible with the bite of a dog, a monkey,
1: or any animal I've ever studied. Others that spotted the creature also confirmed it was unlike any animal they had seen before. When the Miami Herald interviewed Marcel Negron, a 25-year-old college student, on his interaction with the beast, he told the paper, I was out looking off the balcony one night, and I saw it step out of a bright
0: light into the backyard. It was about three or four feet tall, with skin like a dinosaur's. It had bright red eyes the size of hen's eggs, long fangs, and multicolored spikes down its head
1: and back. It couldn't have been anything from this planet. Like the animals before, the Negron family's goat was sucked dry of its blood, and its organs were eaten. Egg size eyes is huge. Yeah, that's real big. That's too big. That's, too big. That's gargoyle eyes. size. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's the kind of with
1: scaly dino skin. What if? Because when I when you read this, my first immediate image that came to my head. Was John Cusack and Say Anything when he is standing outside the house holding up the boombox over his head? What if this beast is just looking for its soulmate in your eyes? Yes. Did anyone? Your egg,
0: guys. <laughs> oh, my God. He's yeah. just like, hey,
1: I love you. I love you. And the person's like, oh, my God, a monster. Oh. Get the shotgun. I mean, that's every oh. Disney movie. A beast yeah. loves a human, and mm-hmm. the human's like, "No, you're a beast. I can't." And then, on true love? what do we all find out? Yeah, it's all about what's on the inside. So maybe we should all stop judging the chupacabra <laughs> on their appearance and get to know them a bit. It's it's lurking outside the outside the
0: window for a reason. Yes, that's why it's out there. It's, <laughs> it just wants love. It's trying to get your attention.
1: It's acting out because it wants love. Another resident of Canavanis, Miguel Dominguez, was horrified when he found his prized ostentation of 25 peacocks had been mutilated. He told the Miami Herald, At first
0: I thought it was some junkies had gotten into my backyard, but then I heard the flutter of wings.
1: It couldn't have been monkeys either, because monkeys don't fly. However, the monkey theory may hold water. Although not native to the island, Rhesus monkeys were brought to Puerto Rico for research purposes in the 1930s, but some managed to escape the lab, according to the History Channel's Monster Quest. I've seen monkeys fly; they're one of the scariest parts of Wizard <laughs> of oh, Oz. I was about to say, I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> Dominguez. Have you not seen The Wizard of Oz? Monkeys oh, clearly fly.
0: When you kind of think about the chupacabra description, though, they vaguely kind of look like the flying monkeys from. That's with true. The wings. Yeah. Uh, and they about how tall they stand, maybe a little bit taller than four or five, you know, five feet tall is a little bit taller than the flying monkeys from Mazaraz. I don't remember anybody
1: saying they had a cute little vest and a tiny hat on. No, no. I was just trying. I In my head, I was like, they wore tiny little red hats, right? So I'm not misremembering that. They did wear or those in the movies, didn't they? Or teal hats with red on them, like oh.
0: with a, a uh, what you call it, like a little pattern, a little design on them. How kept, our memories uh, remember whatever they want to remember. Oh, it's Mandela style. Mm-hmm. Watch it. Some people will be like, go look it up They're They're not wearing any hats at all. Yeah. For all I know, in they're my, not. In my Wizard of Oz, they those all little flying monkeys wear hats. Mm-hmm. They got vests. They got hats on. And the Wicked
1: Witch of the West keeps her minions in fineries. I'll also point out, once again, we're talking about a show called Monster Quest on the on? History Channel. <laughs> not the history of how
0: you know the history of puerto rico or how our relations between the u.s and port or like how it was colonized like anyway we're going to talk about uh cryptids yes (laughs) whole shows about cryptids uh and it's they take it very seriously this oh they do every every possible piece of evidence is treated like a hair there it's like a single hair and they're like this couldn't possibly belong to anything except the chupacabra
1: that's the why de-tester. it's so funny is because they treat it with the same serious they would if they're doing a world war ii documentary oh yeah it's exact same yeah <laughs> well all told throughout 1995 puerto rico saw over 1,000 animal deaths according to the miami herald after reports from puerto rico additional reports began surfacing in chile nicaragua mexico and texas well, this was, you know, so when I do research, I'll go to
0: the newspaper archives, and it's also like Google search results, and you can do on the newspaper archives the word chupacabra, and you can see the timeline, and right at 1995 there was a big spike.
1: Yeah, because that's, that's when it was reported. Got,
0: that's when I first got cited. Yeah, saying. So it's like it was never mentioned, talked about anything before that, and so once that started, then going international. Then it's like, does it
1: get a little bit in your head of, well, my animal was attacked, too? Mm-hmm. It must be the chupacabra. Yep, I think so. I, that was one of the most surprising things about this is that its origin is in 1995. That's, yeah, it wasn't much
0: longer, mm-hmm. much, but that's when the alien ship landed. So we can't choose <laughs> when the invasive species comes
1: to the, our planet. Another thing with that's different with this cryptid is bodies have been found, unlike, mm-hmm. you know, although people claim to have shot and killed a bigfoot it's always just proven but as we'll see science has pretty much proven what's going on here because of the carcasses that have been I found <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not surprised <laughs> have you ever seen a, a dog with mange uh in real life yeah just on the internet it's very sad And it looks very much like the chupacabra. Well, don't spoiler it. We're only halfway through. (laughs) We're not even halfway. You're saying it's aliens already. Well, isn't it? Isn't everything aliens? I mean, aren't we all aliens? Aren't we all derived (laughs) from some alien, some other planet, and we just found our way here? Once I saw on TikTok that that
0: man said that Area 51 is the door to escape existence and not... We all got to get
1: there. Slam that shit in.
0: Well, they're trying. I guess it takes you to a wormhole or to another, I don't know. But once I heard that, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Very Stranger Things. Yeah, or Montauk style.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: By now, pretty much everyone's heard of CBD. And if there's
1: ever a time to get started with CBD, it is now. What both scientists and those who use CBD regularly know is that it helps with daily stresses, but you have to use a quality product if you want quality results. Charlotte's Web hemp extracts are tested 20-plus times from seed
0: to final product. Unlike many companies, Charlotte's Web has their own proprietary hemp genetics,
1: so the end products are consistent, meaning you know what to expect from each bottle. And they're a mission-driven B Corp, which just means that they promise to help the planet and humanity and all that good stuff. Have you still been using your mint chocolate hip oil? All the time, baby. Yeah. And uh, Tommy has been having a lot of eczema breakouts because the heat does that for him. And not only does the topical ointment work for you, but he finds that taking the the oil orally helps him with his flare-ups with eczema.
0: That's amazing. Mm -hmm. It has all types of uses. And also, if you're not being able to get any, you know, if you're having trouble sleeping, I love my sleep gummies Mm -hmm. from Charlotte's Web. People DM me all the time. I love them and I keep them right by my bedside. So go to charlottesweb.com and get started with the OG CBD brand who kicked off this whole CBD craze. And use code CREEPY at checkout to save 15% on
1: your order. This code works on all CBD products besides bulk bundles. That's charlottesweb.com. Use code CREEPY to save 15% on your order today. In 2004, a rancher in Elmendorf, Texas, just outside of San Antonio, shot and killed a creature that became known as the Elmendorf beast. Two additional sightings were confirmed nearby of similar monsters, according to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. While initial chupacabra sightings in the mid-90s painted the creature as a spiky, alien-like beast that stood on two legs, descriptions of the U.S. chupacabra were a bit different. Now, the beast was said to have more canine qualities and walk on four legs. They appeared blue in color and were hairless with a severe overbite. On July 16, 2007, Texas naturopathic doctor, hunter, and rancher Phyllis Canyon spotted the Texas breed of chupacabra on her ranch in broad daylight, according to the Texas Observer. Canyon told the observer that the creature she saw was a hairless canine figure with blue gray flesh and bony limbs. When the Victoria Advocate initially interviewed her in 2007, Phyllis described it as a strange-looking animal. It has short front legs and longer back legs. The paws on the front are
0: different than the ones on the back, and it has no hair. The nose is very long. The tip of the nose is longer than the lower jaw, and the front teeth stick out like fangs. They are
1: the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. Again, hurtful. Rude. <laughs> I I I will be completely honest when I say when I was writing this and I kept having to refer to it as a beast and a monster I felt bad because your heart. it's your sweet sweetheart it's you can't help no one can help what they look like It's
0: eating entire flocks of peacocks. I think it's safe to call it a monster.
1: (laughs) Well, but, But you know. Why? But we haven't asked why is it eating the peacocks. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, are we any better for eating (laughs) flocks of chickens or herds of cows? You know, we all got to survive out there. Yeah, right. When you point your finger, there's four pointing right back at you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, Phyllis... Was so excited about this because this was the biggest gossip this town had seen. And she had her business. Her nose was all up in that business. Loved it. I love the Victoria Advocate. We will quote heavily from them because they are boots
0: on the ground. They're the ones covering the story because they're the local paper. So, man, they just walk around and just go, have you seen it? And people are like, let me tell you what I saw. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll tell you right now. Nobody's shy. It's not like, I'm not going to talk to the press. I'm not going to talk to the media. It was like, come on over in the backyard. We got a carcass. You want to poke at it with a stick? <laughs> I mean, it's just it was such a great um Such a great resource. So shout out to your local newspapers out there because they're covering the real
1: stories. (laughs) Phyllis's experience with the creature began with it terrorizing her chickens. When interviewed on the History Channel's Monster Quest, she described finding her feathered friends drained completely of blood. Then neighbors started reporting similar sightings on their land, even managing to find the carcass of one of the beasts after it had been hit by a car. Another neighbor later called Phyllis about the body of a second creature on May 7, 2008. She discussed the incidents with more neighbors, one of whom confessed that while his sheep had been drained of blood, he hadn't told anyone. Phyllis chalked up her neighbor's hesitancy to embarrassment, telling the advocate, They didn't tell anyone because they were afraid people would think they're crazy. When she called the local game warden, Phyllis showed him photos she had taken of the creature, he confessed he had no idea what the animals were and passed the photos on to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. 2008 was the, another spike in
0: the word chupacabra because between t- 1995 and this, every instance I was finding in the old archives was TV show chupacabra featuring, you know, whatever, na- natural National Geographic. It was all like TV guide listings. And then, boy, once Phyllis discovered I'm using air quotes when she discovered her monster <laughs> oh it spiked up again and then suddenly everybody from Elmendorf on down was raising
1: their hands saying was, I got me one it was a chupacabra free-for-all mm-hmm. did I tell you about the movie the DVD Tommy gave me for Mother's Day no okay I think I told you how all of my Mother's Day gifts were cryptid themed uh-huh. I do remember this. So I got a t-shirt that said The Beast of Bray Road, mm-hmm. which was from a cryptid subscription box, which I might be <laughs> signing up for. A few <laughs> other things. He gave me a coloring book that was cryptids, like an adult coloring book. This really beautiful book with um, like almost watercolor-like paintings of a ton of cryptids. It's kind of like a kid's book so I can educate my children, which Ella... <laughs> Fully knows what Jersey Devil and Mothman are. And the other day she asked me about Bigfoot and I said, well, he's a cryptid. And she goes, oh, like Jersey Devil and Mothman. So can't wait for her to start school (laughs) and not going to know, like, um, you, you know, can't count to 100. But if you need to know the origin story of La Llorona, she will be able to recite it to the entire class. She loves class. myths,
0: legends, yes, anything. She's. I love how she's... Ghosts, creepy things, She cookies. loves it all. Yep. Oh, man, she's going to be the most popular kid in class because she, other kids yes. are going to be like, my mom told me what
1: a giraffe is. And she's like,
0: oh, really? Do you know what Mothman does? He tears through space yeah. and time.
1: Yeah, and then I'm going to have a lot of parent-teacher <laughs> conference uh, meetings. She, I'm already just, aware... <laughs>
0: what's your biggest fear (laughs) (laughs) like was intense (laughs) she's great it is very fun
1: she's intense well here let me i have the movie down here actually i'm gonna show it to you
0: this isn't like the dvd we received in the mail with the buffy the vampire slayer oh (laughs) for those of you listening it's a adult dvd the buffy the vampire slayer one is
1: yeah, Tommy gave me a crypted porn. One second, I was like, I'm still looking for it, but I hope that that's in my next Mother's Day gift for sure. <laughs> so he got this specifically so you and I could watch it together and do <laughs> a like live react, maybe on Patreon or something, or if we just want to have a movie night with you in Paris and we can we can watch this. So this is what it is.
0: Chupacabra territory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that does have hen egg-sized red glowing eyes. It sure does, eyes. yes. And look, Lives there's up to it. a tent where oh, no. two Ooh. two bloody hands are being, can be seen from the inside. It says, dare to enter. I'm going to read the synopsis. Four friends hike into the Pinewood Forest to find evidence of the chupacabra, an ancient creature believed to be responsible for the disappearance of four experienced hikers a year earlier. As they journey deeper into the forest, their innocent search uncovers more than they had ever hoped for. And with it, a darkness that threatens to consume their very existence.
0: Here's where I got a problem with them. They had a blueprint for what a successful Chupacabra safari looks like for Mayor Soto. And they've disregarded what was already well-laid plans that they could have followed. That's true. They had no cage. They had no goat. They didn't have 200 other people. No, it's just four of them.
1: Yeah. Well, there's where you went wrong. Yeah, you got it. Safety in numbers. It says <laughs> a blood curdling indie creature feature. Christian Day from Ultra Violent Magazine. That's great, Magazine. Saying that. Yeah. There's also bonus features that include an interview with the cast, an interview with director, editor, and producer, and a photo gallery. You got to see the photos of the Chupacabra <laughs> movie. So I mean, you remember DVDs. Come on, yeah. This is, oh, it's unrated. How is that? Oh, <laughs> is that a thing? You can't.
0: You can't put a rating on it. I
1: can't put a rating on it. I thought it's everything too, had to have a rating.
0: Too hot for TV. I think things that are distributed through traditional entertainment channels have to have ratings but if
1: you just want to print yourself a dvd you can just <laughs> it's wheels slap up an old nr on there well it's it's produced by maltaro entertainment which i don't think any of us have heard of how what do you think the runtime on this bad boy is oh uh, let's see 106 minutes 94 94 you yeah. know what in and out yeah nobody gets hurt <laughs> we'll, we'll see probably a uh, lot I, of people they probably all die I'd have There's to. There's a lot of blood. If I'm gonna guess, yeah. So we'll have to check that out. We need to do a chupacabra soon. territory watch party. I, think so. <laughs> I did not
0: know about this DVD until this exact moment. That's awesome. <laughs> I've been saving, Thank you, it. Tommy. Yes. Very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Very thoughtful. Well, my question too is, where was I in 2008? I mean, I was living here. No, I was. Yeah, I was living in Texas. Same. No, I was living in Chicago. I was living in Chicago. I was so living in Texas. I missed the chupacabra. I missed it. Do you remember hearing about this at the time?
1: I. Not this specific incident, but I remember from, I guess, when, what was I, in 95? I was a no, sophomore well, I'm saying in, in high school. Yeah. When it was in Texas. No. I mean, I've I've always heard of it, so I guess I somehow heard of it. Like I said, it was
0: more like in the folklore and like yeah. the, you know, or like not even folklore, like just in the zeitgeist. Like yes. we all just hear about it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Well, throughout 2008. Folks around the Quero, Texas area spotted similar monsters. Two DeWitt County Sheriff's deputies even shot one of the animals while out on patrol. Another neighbor nearby, Estella Zermino, told the Victoria Advocate that the beast made a strange sound. At first, I thought it was
0: a woman crying. It was a weird sound, almost like someone laughing, then crying, then laughing again. Our dog seemed afraid of it. It definitely sounded different than a coyote
1: cry. Estella heard those same noises again, just three weeks later, outside her house at 530 in the morning. When she went to check on it, she saw what appeared to be the same beast Phyllis Canyon had encountered, a gray creature with a long face. Soon after, sightings began occurring all throughout South Texas, from Elmendorf to Pollock, according to MonsterQuest and local papers.
0: That's a dangerous game to open your door hearing somebody crying outside Mm -hmm. because that old urban legend that and also instances where people use the recording of like a baby crying or something to trick you into opening the door but that is as much as we want to love the chupacabra and think and it's just wanting to make a friend alternatively or alternately laughing then crying then laughing <laughs> and again and shrieking that might be a little off, button buddy. Go who, back to the Peter Gabriel music. Pull who the among us hasn't
1: laughed through tears, Heather? <laughs> you true. know, maybe you know he's just trying to relate. Perhaps he hit his breaking point. Yes. Nobody loves him. Yeah, perhaps he saw Estella doing that earlier in the day and was just mirroring her, much like a a bird mirroring its owner's you know cadence mm-hmm. and, and parents. J- he's just trying to connect. He's trying to make a human connection. It's
0: true. And if you're, like you said, he just wants love. You cry because you're alone mm-hmm. and then you laugh at the absurdity of wanting acceptance from these humans. And then you cry because you realize it'll
1: never come. This is the movie we need to see. <laughs> Dare to enter the heart of the chupacabra.
0: Uh, A love to story. Him. He'll, he'll eat your animal's heart outs, but you'll eat your heart out for his story. <laughs> He may eat your animals' hearts, but he'll gain the love of yours. (laughs) It's true. He's got got a complex set of emotions. I don't see
1: how no one saw this before. They all just (laughs) called him a monster. I know! In 2010, a hairless anomaly appeared floating in a water feature at the Runaway Bay Golf Course in Wise County, Texas, northwest of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Believing it may be a chupacabra, the golf course sent the specimen to a state biologist for testing. The small hairless animal was identified as a baby raccoon based on its feet and skull shape, but the biologist was unable to explain how it lost all of its hair, speculating that possibly the cold waters of the golf course water feature preserved it and or caused the hair to fall out. I think this was in
0: January, so it's about the coldest time of the year here. I do want to point out, if you're not from Texas, so we're like Cuero and all these other places are in further south Texas, outside of San Antonio and Houston, which... Houston is six hours south of Dallas. So it's a really far, uh, six, probably six or seven hours, depending mm-hmm. on traffic. Uh, it's a pretty far stretch between Wise County, which is then even further up north. So it'd be like, Wise County is almost not quite to Oklahoma, but it's pretty far up there. And then all the way down in the tip, well, not the, quite the tip, but down close to the tip, that's what she said, is where <laughs> uh, Quero and all the other ones are. So it's not like all these sightings were happening. So this, I think this raccoon was a uh, a. Grasping at a uh, opportunity to try to get in on the chupacabra fame.
1: I got to say, only in Wise County does this thing turn up in a fountain on a golf course. And immediately they're like, must be a chupacabra. God damn Not just chupacabra. like a rat that got caught in your system no. or something. Randy, Randy, go get you the net. Get the scooper. <laughs> get the scooper. Scoop it out. Send it to the old biology lab. They'll know. I think, like you said, people that aren't from here don't realize how big the state – I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. not saying people are idiots. They realize how big Texas is. But, like, you can drive for 12 hours and still be in Texas. I've been listening to Willie Nelson's "Beautiful
0: Texas." Well, he has a whole record that's all dedicated to Texas songs, but particularly the song "Beautiful Texas." And he talks about that that you can drive and you'll hit the beach in Galveston, and then you hit hill country, almost mm-hmm. not quite mountains. You can then hit the prairie and go up and there's desert, there's cities. I mean, it's just got a whole ecosystem. So there's a there's a lot of room for people to discover things <laughs> exactly around mm-hmm. here. And uh, you find something floating in your old golf course water feature. I mean, what else could it be? You explain it to me. What do you tell me? It's not a chupacabra. Yep. I know what a damn raccoon looks like. It's got fur on it, and this one don't, so yep. it's a chupacabra. Yep. It's a baby
1: one. Not to be outdone, that same year, the West Texas town of Lubbock advertised its very own taxidermy chupacabra on display. The Independent Creationist Museum offered visitors see the real chupacabra. Finally, one has been caught. The curator of the museum, Joe Taylor, told the Fort Worth Star-Telegram that not only did he believe that humans and dinosaurs walked the earth at the same time, but he also believed chupacabras were in the mix, telling the paper. This isn't the mythical chupacabra. There's two kinds. The stuffed creature's owner, a man from New York named John Aldofi, bought the specimen from someone who found the beast outside of Houston, calling this the American version of the chupacabra meanwhile Renny roses who hosted a weekly meeting of hispanic community groups told the telegram that he looked at the situation with a sense of humor it's funny to joke about chupacabras but it also shows their ignorance there's
0: so much to unpack here <laughs> first of all
1: you spent a little time in lubbock i was born there that's, right. I, That's was, right. I was born there. I went to Texas Tech my freshman year of college. I have family that still lives in Lubbock. I've mm-hmm. spent, spent a lot of time in Lubbock. So not to besmirch the good name of Lubbock and the people there, mm-hmm. but the Independent Creationist Museum. Hmm.
0: It's almost as if you just rent a storefront and then you put the word
1: museum on it. And it gives it a certain sense of cachet. Yeah. Joe Taylor might want to check a science book because I'm <laughs> I am pretty positive that we did not walk the earth at the same time as dinosaurs. Ha- haven't you ever seen Land of the Lost? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've also seen Land Before Time and I don't believe we were in the dinosaurs. What about Jurassic Park? Humans, dinosaurs living together. That uh, was in our time, and we cre- <laughs> recreated the dinosaurs to be in our universe. I just want to point out that the exact language is he believed that humans and dinosaurs
0: walk the earth at the same time. Was it in Jurassic Park? Did he think that was a documentary?
1: Oh, this is a maybe, good point. Maybe yes, confused. There's been two or three documentaries now of the same <laughs> title, I believe. <laughs> They keep coming, they keep
0: making' them. i um i I think you're right though I think that he's mis completely misguided, and that he genuinely doesn't understand how timelines work, but I do love that it's not just that he thinks that humans and dinosaurs walk the earth at the same time, but that also 1995 is not the first time we've seen a chupacabra. Mm-hmm. There is a mythical chupacabra from early from yesteryear that we're not it's not even in the mix. And then he's saying there's two kinds, which is the American version. So I'm assuming that the dinosaur scaled version that was spotted in Puerto Rico must be a dinosaur
1: <laughs> according to it him. Survived. It survived. It survived everything. It's the much like um Cockroaches, you just can't kill them, and they Mm -hmm. can survive anything you throw at them. It just keeps coming back for more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's uh, there's two kinds. There's two kinds.
0: I just wish I had the ability to, without regard, just say, just genuinely believe and say something like that of like, of course, of course, that's what happened.
1: I don't know Joe Taylor. I hope to meet him one day. I think it's more likely he fully believes this. Then it is likely that we walked the planet with dinosaurs at the same time. That's how sure of this he is. <laughs> yeah i i think I think you're right. I, this is a person that's a strongly held belief. Mm-hmm. While many Texans feared the hairless, blood sucking beast, Phyllis Canyon was pleased with this increase in sightings, telling the Victoria Advocate. The good thing about
0: all these sightings is that it means more people are aware of what these creatures look like and they're looking for them.
1: Though she conceded. Many of these sightings are actually just people seeing a mangy coyote. Still, she considers the Texas Chupacabra legend a win for the area, saying to the Victoria Advocate, It's fascinating that there is interest in this area around the world.
0: How can people say this is bad for the area? It's so great we're on the edge of a new discovery.
1: Ah, Phyllis. She is just... I love how positive she is about this. (laughs) Uh, Do we need a meet cute between Joe Taylor and Phyllis Canyon? (laughs) I think so. Would they get along? I don't know. I don't know where Phyllis lands on the whole creationist thing. But they do already have one thing in common, and that is their love of the chupacabra. It's true. And
0: appreciation for what it can bring to an area. Mm -hmm. Joe Taylor is having it bring more visitors to his I believe now defunct museum (laughs) uh we can do before the episode's over we'll do an update on the (laughs) Joe Taylor and his museum um and she I think she's got such a positive attitude about it I love that that while yes she unfortunately lost some of her flock Mm -hmm. she was able to turn it into a positive for the area that it's a new brand new scientific discovery and honestly She's been all over the place. Texas Observer did a whole thing on her. She talked to Victoria Advocate probably a thousand times. She's on Nat Geo. She's on Monster Quest. So she's turned this into quite a. She's like the top expert on spotting chupacabras. She's in Texas. the go-to for the she chupacabra. Turned it into
1: made a name for herself. Yes, she has. Scientists and enthusiasts alike have come up with several theories to explain both types of chupacabras. For those cited in Puerto Rico and other Latin American countries, some believe that the animals were actually monkeys who were either scientific test subjects or subjects of genetic experiments done in a government testing facility. In both scenarios, this theory posits that the animals escaped and that their strange appearances were the result of tests gone wrong.
0: Well, testing on animals does not have good outcomes. I mean, as far as it, it's really sad when you see all those. Oh yeah. Behind the scenes, it's not funny. But I always think of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back when they're trying Same. to go free. Yes, <laughs> going free, their sweet, sweet baby. Um, but yeah, it, that would that would explain it. If especially if a rhesus monkey is in it is not na- native to Puerto Rico and they escape, it's like all the Daggum parrots or whatever, parakeets roaming yeah. around the neighborhood that launched themselves onto me. Mm-hmm. Or like iguanas in Florida. Mm-hmm. They've kind of yes. taken over. Yeah,
1: <sighs> You sent, wasn't it a TikTok you sent? And that was an, a giant iguana? I that sent was one that was about a hundred iguanas running across a field. That's what it was. And it was too many <laughs> iguanas. It was way, way too, too many. many. Yeah, it looked like wild something wild. out of Jurassic Park.
0: Well, and how the how an animal that's not meant to be in an area flourishes, but then is it good that it's
1: flourished, or is that I mean, that's nature; it's taking its course. Yeah, a lot of uh, Floridians would say it is not good, and they have destroyed the ecosystem by being there. Oh, do they really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. The chupacabras that have been spotted stateside in Texas have their own set of explanations. DNA expert and professor of anthropology at NYU. Todd Dicetel, tested the DNA of several samples from various sightings for the History Channel. According to his test, the mitochondrial DNA results clearly indicate that one of the Texas specimens is a coyote. However, the Y chromosome signature of the same sample is more similar to that of wolves from Mexico and Texas, meaning the creature is some type of hybrid between wolves and coyotes, Phyllis Canyon also believes the hybrid creature may be the culprit, telling the Victoria Advocate, i have also heard a
0: rumor, but haven't been able to substantiate it, that some years ago some experiments were done
1: breeding different species, so who knows what this might be. In 2011, New Mexico native Benjamin Radford, with the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, became intrigued by the legend of El Chupacabra and set out on a journey to find if the goat sucker was based in fact or fiction. His research, which lasted five years, took him to Nicaragua and Puerto Rico, where he located what the BBC called Chupacabra Patient Zero, Madeline Tolentino. Radford believes there is a simple explanation for what Madeline saw. She had just seen the film Species, which was partly filmed in Puerto Rico, according to Live Science magazine. Madeline's description of the chupacabra closely matched the description of the alien adversaries in the film. I looked it up, and they do look alike. I've never seen this movie. I remember when it came out, but I haven't seen it. I'm gonna guess you have not seen it.
0: Uh no, I don't genuinely I don't generally watch um, if it's something scary, spooky, or even alien sci-fi. I don't t- tend to love that, especially if it's like aliens attacking humans. What about um, Alien? Have you seen any of the alien movies? I've seen clips on like YouTube breakdowns. Oh, they're
1: good. Oh.
0: I mean, <laughs> I I believe in Sigourney Weaver's talent, but also she's great I that I have to like subject myself to that.
1: The um they're they're good though. They're fun. While there are UFO enthusiasts that claim a chupacabra like creature was spotted near a UFO sighting in Bolivia of April 2021 theorizing that the creature could be from another world, the more likely explanation is far less exciting and a bit sad. Alison Diesel, a specialist in inflammatory skin conditions in animals at Texas A&M University, told the BBC that the effects of sarcoptic mange can be severe enough to make a once healthy-looking animal appear to be an unfamiliar monster-like creature.
0: The mangy dog is typically very sparsely haired to near bald, with red or hyperpigmented black thickened skin. Add to this the self-inflicted wounds from scratching in a hairless body, and you have yourself a chupacabra.
1: Oh, if you haven't ever seen a dog with mange, it is rough, man. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they really do, look. especially if it's very severe, they can look not like... A dog. I mean, if you saw it from a distance, you could easily say, like, what is that? That doesn't look like any animal I've seen because their hair is completely fallen out. The the it's sarcoptic mange is like mites that get in them. Ugh. And it's the same thing like what humans get, that scabies. But we have evolved enough to where it's not deathly for us, mm-hmm. but for coyotes and dogs and stuff, it hasn't been around in them long enough for them to have evolved out of it. So it can be deadly to them. And it just makes them itch so bad that they scratch their skin raw. I mean, it's like open, open sores, just, you know, and then because they don't have any hair, they have no protection from the sun. And so they're weathered looking and it's, it's very sad. So I can see this definitely being a very real explanation for it. And definitely, and especially we know if
0: we have scabies or something like that, don't scratch, you know, put mittens on or put cream on. But if they're just out in the wild, Mm -hmm. they're going to just do what nature tells them to do, which is scratch and hurt themselves. And that's, you're right, that that could, you see that outside your window and you're like, oh my God, it's not a dog. What is it?
1: Have I ever told you that I got scabies from Petal when she was a piglet? Oh, I thought you were going to tell me you saw (laughs) a
0: chupacabra. I would have mentioned that way earlier. I don't recall that, but I've, we've talked about scabies before because I had scabies whenever I was in Chicago. Oh, that's right. I, when I moved into my first apartment.
1: Yes, you think it was there. Yeah. I When Petal was like, we first got her, she was very small and you could hold her in your arms, something that is very hard to do now. She's and so sweet, though. My arms broke out in this horrible rash and they were super itchy and I thought I was allergic to Petal and i was like we're going to have to like give her back i was so upset but then we noticed petal was scratching like mad mm. and so we started looking it up and she had some other indications that she had um she had scabies and then i was like oh my god she's given it to me and we ha- i had to get medicine i couldn't hold her we had to treat her you know and it was a whole thing so, well, that would make sense because if
0: you were just the only one itching, then, okay, I'm allergic to her, right. but she had it too. Oh, so, yeah. oh, poor, poor little baby pedal pig. You sent that picture of pedal the other day saying that you found the chupacabra.
1: <laughs> I'm going to post that on our Instagram. You have to. she is blowing her coat right now. So once a year, it's always in the summertime, she blows her coat so all of her hair falls out mm-hmm. because it's their way of naturally keeping themselves cool. But it doesn't fall out all at once; it happens over the course of several weeks. So she just has like all these bald spots, Aww. and it's it. It doesn't bother her. She just she looks, looks wild. Rough. She looks, looks wild. Rough. She looks like a chupacabra. She and if does. you if you pet her, you'll just I mean chunks of her hair just, just come out. off in your hand. Oh yeah, and poor thing. Pig hair isn't like what you might imagine. It's almost like quills. They're oh, it's vi- like spiky? Well, no, it's not spiky like a porcupine, but they're very long and they're, they're thicker than like hair. They have the consistency mm-hmm. more of like a quill, not quite that thick. It's all over the house. It's all over outside. And so right now she straight up looks like a chupacabra with the spikes down her back. She did, That yeah. picture you sent was so good.
0: Because <laughs> it popped up on my Apple Watch first and it was tiny. I was like, and I could tell it was Tommy, but because Petal is not usually that wild looking, I was like, oh my God, Tommy's in the backyard with a chupacabra. And I just like, no, I got to open it on my
1: phone. That's poor Petal. And she's going through, she's going through a time. She's Our going wheel. through it. Yes, yes. She's going through it. Well, the sickly condition of a dog or coyote with mange would make it difficult for them to hunt wild prey. Rather, sitting livestock, such as cows, sheep, and goats, would be easier to attack, possibly explaining the organs of these animals being eaten, according to Britannica. Additionally, it is often common for canines to kill their prey by biting their necks. Mm. If you've ever had a dog that likes to de-fluff toys... Yep, it's like... Yeah, they just grab it and shake it back and forth. They go for the, the jugular. Uh, every single time. That's Buffy. On oh, every yeah. Possible.
0: That's what I think I texted you one time before you gave me a new polar bear that I came home from recording one time. And Buffy, I had another polar bear and she had successfully gone for the throat and muzzle. And just it was just a massacre, mm-hmm. a polar bear massacre. In
1: my living room. That's the only way Kate plays with toys. Oh, really? You have to know if you give her a toy. Within five minutes, it's going to be destroyed, just torn apart. But that's how she plays. So we're like, Well, we're not going to deprive her of, we're not going to yuck her yum. We just aren't also <laughs> going to spend, you know, a significant amount of on toys because they're gone in like two seconds.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it, that's I'm struggling with the same thing with Buffy. She just, it's all like the, the impossible bone. No dog can ever chew through it. And then a hunk of it's
1: missing and mm-hmm. she's swallowed it. Yep. Yep. Bill Shutt of the American Museum of Natural History in New York told the BBC that despite what horror films have led us to believe, vampiric animals don't go for the neck. Blood feeders are looking for blood that's close to the surface of the skin, something not found in a jugular vein, for example. The more likely explanation for the dead goats and cows is dog or coyote attacks. I thought that was interesting because you would... I don't know how it came to be. That's another interesting rabbit hole to go, go down of like why mm-hmm. vampires go for the neck. Maybe because it's sexy and back a lot of horrors like, associated with like sex. Yeah. hmm. But he was saying like vampire bats. That's not how they go after an animal because they know that the most blood can't isn't going to be got from there. Also, vampire bats, the way that they digest blood they extract all the nutrients from it. But an animal Mm -hmm. like a dog or coyote wouldn't be able to sustain off of blood because they're too large and they would, yeah, they would just die because it doesn't give them what they need.
0: Yeah, I would think that a dog or a coyote would eat the meat. Yes, yeah, like the organs. Instead of just
1: leave a carcass and eat organs
0: and then suck the blood out that they would go for, you know, eat it like we would, you know, like unfortunately humans eat meat. Mm -hmm. But it's, that is interesting that The whole vampiric myth that we've all been fed has all been about the neck. So my non-scientific brain assumes, oh, well, like go for the jugular Mm -hmm. or your vein, or like, you know, if you like get your throat gets cut, that's really dangerous. And so to me, it's like, oh, that's where the most blood is. But I guess that's wrong. Where is the most
1: blood then? (laughs) Is that a stupid question? (laughs) Your heart. Is it in your heart? I guess. I think. I mean, if you there's still a ton of blood if you cut your your jugular. But like I when think, you're shaven or something, yeah. I think if an animal were to bite there and then try and suck it out, because the jugular isn't as close to the skin, they're mm. going to have to work harder to get the blood out. So they're going to bite somewhere where this blood is closer to the surface of the skin. Unless you had a drinking straw-like apparatus that allowed you true, to get yeah. up in there. A little bat straw. That's what they should get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But what about the animals being completely drained of blood? Radford believes he has an explanation, according to the BBC. When an animal dies, the heart and blood
0: pressure stop. The blood seeps into the lowest part of the body and it coagulates and thickens. It's called lividity and it gives the illusion that they've been drained of blood.
1: And this we see in corpses, in in humans too. So yeah, and that's how they can often determine if a body was laying on its back or its front because of the lividity and where the blood has pooled. Well, and it does,
0: it would make sense if you go up and you see the neck has been punctured, just bitten. And then
1: there's nothing around. There's no blood pool around Mm -hmm. it. And they said that if the farmer were to cut into the animal and blood didn't immediately spurt out because it had all pooled, then one might think there's no blood in the body at all. That's true. And if if you didn't know, if you weren't thinking about Mm Lividity. Wherever it has been cited, the Chupacabra has become a legend. It has been the inspiration for conventions, festivals, and horror movies. The House of the Fighting Chupacabras, which, according to their website, is a very,
0: very independent press whose mission includes promoting literacy through poetry, has even
1: dedicated the entire month of October to the cryptid, deeming it National Chupacabra Awareness Month. On their website, they state, The Chupacabra celebration and
0: popularity is entrenched in Hispanic folklore and mythos and is well-deserving of celebration and further scholarship. We ask that you give up your open mind for at least a month to things that go bump in the night, but actually may be
1: alive in the light. This was an interesting website. It's run by, from what I could gather, a husband and wife couple. Okay. And they're very passionate about the Chupacabra. But also, it coincides with National Hispanic Heritage Month. Oh, that's great. But they had several activities during National Chupacabra Awareness Month that included bring your chupacabra to work. you know what finally they're encouraging people to bring
0: they've been crying out outside alone shut out and pointed at and now you're bringing them inside to work that's meeting your friends having donuts with susan in the morning yes
1: yes this was the first website that was very very pro chupacabra like we should all pay tribute to this legend and even if you don't necessarily believe like Allow yourself to open your mind up for this month and and have a little bit of fun. I like that.
0: I mm-hmm. like that idea that you should not necessarily, what would you say, yuck somebody's jump. You should not just poo-poo an idea. People had real encounters. And just because we can't explain it doesn't mean those encounters were not very real to the people that have had them.
1: Yes. Well, I will say that scientists believe they have explained it with the mange theory. That's it's all well. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. That's fine. A North Texas bartender told the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, she has concocted a shot called the Chupacabra, consisting of vanilla Stoli vodka, Midori, Jameson whiskey, and a splash of orange juice. With ingredients like that, it just might turn you into a hairless beast. I would rather put my mouth on an actual chupacabra (laughs) than drink that. That made me nauseated to read the list. I don't want to mix vodka and whiskey. No, thank you. No. I don't want to miss whiskey and orange juice. No. And Midori in there, too. Midori is melon, right? Vodka, Midori, orange juice is fine. When you get the whiskey in there, now we're just talking nonsense. Yeah, that's what's ruining it. Yeah. Also, and it's vanilla vodka. Oof. I don't like that one bit. Yeah. I will say. No, thank you. I drank uh, my fair share of Tito's this past weekend at the lake (laughs) because uh, Lake House Christie loves a Bloody Mary. I gotta meet Lake House Christie. I was
0: texting Lake House Christie <laughs> and I'm like, I need to be beside Lake House
1: Christie. I hope we need to we will work it out for sure. Cause we'll have uh, a, I would a love a getaway. That. Yes, definitely. Please. Oh my gosh.
0: And then we do a like we record an episode from a lake house about some type of haunted thing oh my god i just got i'm like excited we gotta do it
1: we gotta <laughs> and do i it. will be sipping on bloody mary's the entire time that's fair that's okay. completely fair you have to it's a lake house that's mm-hmm. the rules you have to and i'm sure there's probably
0: a wooden painted poster from michael's
1: that says live laugh love <laughs> bloody god. mary's there were so
0: many that
1: relax the picture that i posted. If you haven't been to
0: Christy's Instagram, it's <laughs> at Christy and Wallace. You, go, you have to go. And sh- the
1: amount of Live, Laugh, Love-esque <laughs> posters, I mean, it, I thought the house would implode from chewing them. Yeah, i surprised it didn't. And I will say that wasn't even all of them. We found more <laughs> the next day. And yes, did I go around the house and gather them all to stage that picture? 100% I did. <laughs> Had I was I like three bloody Marys deep, also yes, but Christie he's a legend it, <laughs> it oh, was man. it was a lot of signs, lots of signs, yes, I'm not afraid to say too many, I'm I, not afraid to say yes, it was too no, many signs. it was too many signs, yeah, yeah, well, so what do we think? well, <laughs> although the word
0: chupacabra did not appear until the nineties, it's not the first time. That farmers have found their animals sucked of blood. It's just never been given that word. So I'm sure, you know, back in ever since there's been reports, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, there's been farmers, ranchers that have encountered this. So we don't necessarily have to say, okay, in 1995, a spaceship landed and that's when the aliens came. This could have been. I don't think anybody's saying that. Most people, very <laughs> surprised. That. Some people, some people online. Uh, you gotta go. You gotta go where I go. On the oh internet. no, um, yeah,
1: there are definitely some people that say it.
0: <laughs> well, but so it—it's not like it was invented in 1995. Although that is when it was given the name. I believe a comedian at the time gave it that moniker, and that name has now been attached to instances where farm animals have had their blood sucked out. The description with the I will I'll grant you that the the dog, the Texas dog, Tupacabra likely is whatever the wolf hybrid mix. That's the most compelling part when they actually went down into the DNA and said, look, we see there's DNA from wolf. We see there's DNA from coyote, whether someone bred them or whether they bred with each other. That's what this is. And then they have these weird, you know, we're discovering new animals all the time. But when it's something with an e- with scales, it's got the big eyes, the e- the egg red eyes. We don't know if it's a genetic experiment gone wrong by the government, mm. or if it was some type of otherworldly creature that has now then intermixed and mingled. Maybe an alien. What do aliens look like? Right, they're great. They have big round eyes. They got with a vampire bat or a Gila monster or who knows, and then they have. Now they're just trying
1: to start a family. <laughs> you can't help who you love and if you're if they meet someone that isn't like them and they want to breed with them, by god they're going to do it. I think nature finds a way here because the coyotes and the wolves have figured it out. You know, I would think
0: they would fight. I don't know. I'm not a biologist, but in the case of the chupacabra in, in the Puerto Rico instances where they're more scaly they're less they walk on two legs instead of four legs i think that's probably more of a either genetic experiment gone wrong and or some type of otherworldly creature that has intermixed or intermingled in a a terrestrial uh you know in in with a terrestrial animal that we're already aware of so that i think that's explaining it there the ones when you see the pictures of the ones at the creationist museum and at the uh the one that phyllis canyon has those do look look like like dogs Dogs. (laughs) they look like dogs they look exactly like dogs that have mange Mm -hmm. so i i think that what we have here is an appropriation of this creature that was spotted in puerto rico and other places in latin america and south america and when you have a coyote gnawing on your goat in a Texas, you're like, well, what's that dang old chupacabra everybody's talking about? And it's like, it's it's not though. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get confused of like, well, that's not what we call a chupacabra. We would call that a dog. And it's like, well, not here. Damn it. We call it old <laughs> chupacabra here. right? And so I think it's a misuse. The Texas version of the chupacabra is a misuse of the name mm-hmm. that it was originally used for this bipedal, egg-eyed, more dinosaur-ish type creature, for which I don't think the analysis that have been done on the Texas, frankly, wild dogs, could explain. I think it's two separate creatures that the Texas one, they just stole the name of the first one. What what do you
1: think about the uh, Madeline Tolentino's first sighting coinciding with her having just watched the movie Species, like the day before?
0: Well, I wonder, I think it was a week before, but (laughs) (laughs) still. Well, because there was such... Like, there's been unknown blood-sucking creatures for, you know, decades before that. Possibly when she saw a creature, her brain pieced it together where if maybe it didn't have scales and it was just like a gray alien and then she says, okay, well, it's, uh, it's scales. It's like in the movie. You know, your brain kind of Pieces it together. So she saw something that was clearly not a dog because she said it walked on two legs. So again, it's a separate creature that's going on in Puerto Rico versus Possibly what's going on in Texas. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a hairless, you know, tested on monkey from a government testing facility that got out. Who knows? But Or a man, a monkey with mange. Ever- it's not always mange. <laughs> well,
1: but that would explain it why Texas. it didn't have hair. It is in Texas, though. It is in Texas. It, it, uh, that's I mean, true? Yeah, I think that. Um, true. I think it's. She probably saw her brain probably made some connections to the movie that she had just just seen. For sure, I but, think that's. But I very do agree likely. that. The southern U.S. appropriated a cryptid that started in Puerto Rico, and we kind of turned it into our own thing. Yeah, and let's just why just give it its own name.
0: Yeah, given it its own name, just because it's kind of sort of doing the same behavior, it looks, i mean, completely different. They're two... <laughs> It's two completely different animals, creatures, cryptids, whatever you want to call it. And I don't think it's fair to go, it's the U.S. version of that. And it's like, you you just really took the name, though, because that's mm-hmm. a dog that's, yeah. or that's a coyote wolf situation. So Absolutely. I don't I think the Texas one, as much as it pains me to besmirch the good name of our Lone Star State, is just a um, misuse of a name of a, of an actual cryptid that exists, uh, at least in Puerto Rico and probably in more places. But that, that's just where it was you know, most recently seen. Well,
1: if you guys have seen a chupacabra, let us know. But please don't just send us pictures of dogs with mange, because we've seen enough of those in in our research. Send us an actual chupacabra picture if you if you dare, if you have one. And I guess we just got to watch chupacabra territory to really get the full scope of what's going on.
0: I think that's the only way for us mm-hmm. to really know the real meaning of the Chupacabra <laughs> is if we watch it together mm-hmm. and uh, maybe at a lake house. I don't know. Oh, it okay.
1: Out.
0: I like and it. We go on the hike to find the Chupacabra. Oh, we can gosh. go down to Cuero and down in South Texas and see if we can...
1: You know what else is South Texas? Fredericksburg. So let's go down there. Oh, that's true. Go, <laughs> go on the wine shuttle. Also, then... uh, go. we can go to the river. I, I think that's also how we get a movie made about us. Two <laughs> girls, just g- girls, women, go off into the woods uh, after a few bloody Marys, hunting the chupacabra, never to be seen from again. Uh, I did promise an update on Joe Taylor. Oh yes, if we please. We would like to do that before I would we love leave. That.
0: Uh, the last thing I found, and this was like super quickly done on the on the fly, is that he. Was selling a mastodon skull oh. estimated to be forty thousand years old. Uh, okay, that's not yep. how that works at all. Yeah. Um. So he was trying to auction it off. Uh, he wanted to get at least one hundred and sixty thousand dollars because he said if he does not, if he didn't sell it, then it would unfortunately mean that the museum had to close. Oh, They said the skull was the size of a Volkswagen. Um, He said he wants to keep the skull, but that unfortunately he's going to need to sell it in order to keep the doors open. Um, Ultimately, uh, I'm not sure if he he managed to sell it. The description on NBC News does say that the museum includes facts that state Noah took dinosaurs aboard the ark with him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. However, prevailing scientific wisdom is that humans and dinosaurs missed each other by tens of millions of years. But that's a rounding error. We don't know that.
1: (laughs) That's just a couple zeros. Just a couple zeros. Come on. Well, you know, uh, if you're in Lubbock and you know if that museum's still open, tell Joe hi for us. (laughs) Give him our regards.
0: I I mean, please. Please do. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see that chupacabra um, slash taxidermy dog.
1: I'd also like to see the skull of the mastodon which I imagine is made out of plaster. <laughs> he says it was discovered by whom and where? Question mark. We don't know. Why, Why doesn't but... an actual museum have this? Yeah. Uh
0: but yeah, if we'll post up those pictures and I I think the drawing of the chupacabra versus the the ones we found in Texas is two different things. Yeah. Very two different things. We got to rename
1: it. We got to rebrand. We need to <laughs> re- rebrand it. Mm-hmm. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like
0: ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Ruling the Airwaves tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including our Am I the Asshole, which we recorded a new one coming soon with a real weird yogurt situation, as well as... (laughs) Relationship advice, Judge Christie, who lays down the law, and our mini sodes on Free Britney is coming up. We mm-hmm. also just released a true crime headlines on the Bill Cosby decision, as well as Allison Mac from Nexium sentencing. So, all types of things um, that you would like to hear us
1: uh, update you on or break it down, uh, that's what's going on on the Patreon. Yeah. You also now have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories. Or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We'll also be hopping on occasionally and hosting monthly Q and As with Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions.
0: For patrons not in the U.S., you now have the option of paying pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For
1: more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign offs to hear your shout out.
0: So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t shirt, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit
1: sinisterhood.com and click on shop on the top banner. We've almost got all of our new designs ready to go and we'll be launching soon. And they look we're, so. We're so excited. So amazing. Yes. Almost borderline like, do you get a tattoo of this or are yeah. putting this on merch? Maybe yeah. both. Maybe both. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure.
0: You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod, and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy,
1: where can we find those live, laugh, love photos on your Instagram? <laughs> that would be at Christy M. Wallace, and you can follow me on Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather, what about you? I
0: am on Instagram at Heather vs. the World and on Twitter at MCK versus the World. As
1: always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy.
0: Hey everybody! Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts: Lauren Aiden, Christina Harmeyer, Bailey Harned,
1: Jennifer Jenkins, Beth Hayek, Rebecca West, Shakira, Sydney, Quincy Patterson Rickett, Melissa Byram, Latasha M, Julie Barker, Meredith Harrison, Aaron Kane, Emily Imond, Katie Curleru, Sarah Gruber, Cato. Bethany Talman, Jackie McMillan, Rebecca Rice, Jessica Stopher Sarah Williams, Danielle Peralta, Heather Medeiros, Danielle Hollowell, Rhiannon Perez, Carrie Ann Christman, Courtney McGregor, Courtney Beeler, Hannah Selfridge, Rebecca Heddleston, Kendra H.M., Sharana Cook, Heidi Beckstein, Jamie B. Sparklin. Naomi Chadwick, Lulueska Eliza Wolf Lizzie, Amy Via, Sarah McKenzie, Danielle Grimes, Autumn Walden, Kayla Snellenberger, Erica, Brianna Autry, Heather Jordan, Rose Stewart Maddox, Kathleen Kurtz, Kimberly Wade, Mackenzie Rand, Sarah Oakhill, Lisa Green, Amber R. Carson, Lucy Watson Goodman, Bolton Harris. Ashley, Allie Scott, Brittany Johnson, Nikki Hummel, Stacia Rothhove Dana Wilson, Ginny, Amanda Graziana, Jenae, Vanessa Niles, Chiara Matos, Shelley Gorman, Whales and Fishes, Nora Sanders, Josie Davis, Coffee with Milk, Christy, Kelsey W, Terry Parker, Vanessa Jordan, and Rachel E. M. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We sincerely appreciate it. We hope we got your names right. If not, we're sorry. We love you. We appreciate all you guys do. We couldn't do this without you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs> Sinister.